0: Welcome to Whitefield's Church Podcast. Our focus is to help you grow relationally, emotionally, and spiritually. I hope you enjoy the message.
1: Our dear pastors, I'm just very thankful. Um, I'm so thankful for you, Pastor Mark. I, I this morning I was just I, I was like analyzing a lot of. It. I was like, man, I'm very thankful. Just since I was a kid. You were always there for me. <laughs> and here I am, you know, a dad of four kids, and you're still there for me. <laughs> so I'm very thankful for that. Sorry for um, keep pulling you. Uh, I told him, sorry for keep pulling you out of your retirement. You're like Tom Brady. You just, you just keep performing well, you know. <laughs> right? <laughs> it is what it is. There's just anointing that just comes with, uh, you know, in the apostolic where God has moved you, and I'm very honored to be under that. So, but God is moving across our country, right? We see that, and uh, I mean, I have to point this out, right? But we even had a moose come to our door yesterday, and uh, <laughs> so uh, that was yesterday, right? I was yeah, he thought it was Sunday, you know, he thought we had a service, but uh so uh there's some amazing things happening worldwide. I mean even if uh, I told Pastor Mark, I texted him, I was like, hey, because he sent me that image <laughs> from our security camera. And I was like, Here, let's let's run over there real quick, lay hands on him and uh <laughs> so he'll no longer be a Muslim. <laughs> Moose Sorry, that's that's all for me, no more jokes for this morning, I miss everybody, I miss my church, I miss my church family, it's it's just incredible, but you know, as I've mentioned already, there's a lot of this darkness that's happening. We see that in, in our own country and just the evil that's trying to in, infiltrate schools and things like that. Just destroy young people's minds and things like that. So we're seeing that. But at the same time, some of the things that are happening that just gave me the greatest encouragement. And, you know, um, some a lot of you probably seen this all over the news. Just they keep showing this church that just uh, uh, in uh, Asbury, Asbury uh, University, right? It's in Wilmer, Kentucky, and uh, and what gives me hope with because it's, it's it's a college campus. You know, we're talking about. I mean, this is happening in a college campus, and this is uh, a Christian university. Yes, but um, this service, pretty much, for those that don't know, it started February eighth. It's just supposed to be a chapel. You know, on the Christian University, you have a chapel X amount of times a week or something. But uh, there were some faithful students who prayed for a revival. And it started, and it hasn't ended. We're talking about around the clock. If you don't believe me, go to YouTube link, live stream, and just drag back X amount of days. It's still going around the clock. It's packed. And there's thousands of people outside, thousands of people. One of my friends just drove by this morning. He's just like, there's just, you know, multiple thousands outside. And just people are just standing in the presence of God, worshiping. They don't want to leave. And I don't know whether how that happens. Some people get in and out. Um, A few of my friends are there. They're just saying that people just don't want to leave God's presence. So there's obviously a hunger for God. There's something that's stirring within our country. Yes. And and, in our times, what we'll do is we'll, we'll see this. We'll see a lot of dark things, but we'll all see a lot of powerful, a lot of powerful move of God. I mean, it goes in the line a lot with that prophetic word beginning that we had through this. It was so powerful and so timely, and it's coming together. And that gets me excited. And most importantly, what gets me excited that is, Lord, I'm like with youth, because a lot of Generation Z, they call them, right? They're just what, what? What do you do? What can you teach? Because they, they, you know, they know it all and everything like that. You know, and then on top of that, what's not helping is the the college systems uh, by nation. Just overall in our nation, in many ways, are distorted in what they're trying to teach our students. Very anti Godly principles and things like that. But this gives me hope. That it means that it doesn't matter what people, what men can plan against God. What not? God's uh, name will be lifted high. It's the last word is after God. Amen. Amen. So, um, I know I do various different kind of uh, teachings. Uh, well, sometimes you know it's an encouraging words and things like that. Uh, and there's certain messages I'll just be honest as a pastor. Just if you if you preach, uh, they're not they're not thrilling to uh, preach. Why? Because people feel like they're getting pushed into something, right? A few weeks back, thankfully, I preached talking about being pushed into purpose. So something, uh, this message today that I want to share is just a reminder, but it's something just to tell you, to um, to push you, <laughs> to challenge you. This is including me, to step up. Uh, because as believers, we've gotten, we're, we're so used to coming to church and enjoying the Lord and His presence and uh, but we serve a God who wants us to share that. Uh, we carry this treasure that's within our earthly vessels, right? That's the kingdom of God that's within us, and God wants us to share this with others, um, not to be selfish about it. And so my message is a little bit more challenging, but it's called "Why Make Disciples." Okay, <laughs> I really want us to understand what that means. Let me open it up with John chapter four, verse thirty-five. Do you not say there are yet four months? Then comes the harvest. So there's this statement in the Jewish culture that they had, right? So look, I tell you, Jesus is saying, lift up your eyes and see that the fields are wide for harvest. <laughs> I'm I'm not just promoting our church name because we do have a pretty amazing church name, <laughs> white fields, right? But this is where it's based out of right to look up. Uh, most cultures have this expression, you know, when it comes to um, a warning against not doing things so speedy or fast, right? We're aware of that. Uh, some of you may have heard, like, good things don't, uh, don't come to those who wait. Rome wasn't built in one day. Uh, makes sense, right? So in Jewish culture, they had a similar phrase. They said, there are yet four months, then comes harvest, um, which has a similar meaning. But this was about a cycle of sowing and reaping. All right, uh, meaning a person shouldn't expect a harvest overnight if you just planted seeds, right? Meaning miracles don't just happen overnight. But then Jesus purposely is saying that because Jesus wants us to have an evangelic- evangelistic mindset, right? When he um, and he's saying when he's involved, stuff can happen overnight. Things can happen overnight. This revival (laughs) literally happened overnight, and it hasn't stopped. And it's spreading to other states. I mean, people just come into the presence of God; they don't want to leave. And I think God has His way of moving. Um, And the funny here's the funny thing: for some reason, there's so much criticism. uh, So these uh, religious experts saying they're saying revival people. This is just a hype. And uh, I look at it. I'm like, what's wrong with? We're okay with possibly watching a Super Bowl halftime show and letting, uh, you know, <laughs> um, and get entertained for a little bit. But then when there's something that's happening that people are just hungry for God, you, you know, we criticize that. So, um, And I believe people that are with the Spirit of the Lord, that are excited for the revival to come, that are excited to see our next generation turn to God and uh, lift up His name, they're with it and they're understanding it. But with that, though, what's so amazing is that God is raising up disciples. And because we have this understanding that a disciple needs to be somebody a certain age or, you know, it's only for reserved for pastors. It is not. A child can become a disciple. And um, it's very, very powerful. So anyways, let me, in my own words, explain what disciple means. And I kind of looked at so many different definitions, but I kind of came up with formulated it one, into one sentence a devout follower of Jesus who's committed to the mission of Jesus, and forming relationship with others, leading them to Christ, and teaching them to do the same. Makes sense, right? So you pretty much, what you learn, you love the Lord, you tell him, and you say, hey, now go tell other people about your story and just repeat that and tell them to continue moving forward, right? Um, Matthew chapter 4, verse 19. And then he said to them, Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Uh, I love that Jesus is like, I'm going to teach you how to to get to people's hearts. This is where such beauty lies. We we like to overcomplicate a lot of times to make it think, oh, disciples, that's for somebody else to go and tell them about Jesus. Those are for only extrovert Christians that love to talk about Jesus, right? This is not for me. And, uh. All of last year, previous year, we've had talking about previous years, uh, power of your testimony, saying you have a story, right? Scripture tells that they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. So you have what it takes. And yes, it's encouraging. But at the same time, it's, yes, that means it, it pushes you into purpose to. You know, go and tell somebody about Jesus, right? It's not a, a always a comfortable thing. And, and it happened so many times before where God is like, go tell them about the Lord or yeah, just spend a little bit of time with them or pay for their bill and then just tell them how much God loves them. You get this weird, quick, nice <gasps> feeling, and then you're like, wait a minute, But this is an opportunity to bless somebody. I'm going to do that. So just be aware of that. Don't be surprised if this week God's going to prompt you or set you up for that. I just challenge you to act on it, and you will receive such a, a blessing through that. So pretty much, let's, right from the get-go, obviously, we just read Jesus wants us to make disciples, right? So um, any, God can use anyone. The challenge is this: we have this misconception that we all need to have it all figured out, that we need to have all of our issues resolved. Um, and I used to think that way. I'll be honest with you, right? In order for me to become a disciple, I have to get my ducks in the row. Uh, But then the Lord says, the very issue that you might be dealing with, God wants you to go and share that, (laughs) what you're going through. If anything, it shows more human aspect of you that you are dealing with the same issues as they are. We are not, there's, Christians are not set apart from that we don't have any trouble, right? Jesus actually warns us that we will have challenges. We will have trouble in this world. So if any, and I notice how many times where the issue that I'm going through, I'm like, oh, this is a problem. Oh, this is a problem. And then I, st- I start talking to somebody, and the person tells me their problem. And all of a sudden, my problem becomes nothing. I'm like, I have no problem. That, that's a problem. Do you see what I mean? Like, it, it, it just changes your perspective. And so because, you know, uh, not because you have it mastered but you are doing it with the master. yeah. That's the difference. What makes us different from this world, people in this world, is we have somebody alongside of us. Somebody. We have the Holy Spirit, and we have the Lord at our side. Amen? And I'm thankful for that. So, a lot of times, don't be hesitant to talk about some of the things possible you're facing, especially if the Lord's prompting you. Go for it. Right? So... But the reality is we're learning, we're growing as we're growing. I mean, I've, I, don't, I think if any of us started a job, none of us just started a job and just excelled in it instantly and didn't make a single mistake. You become better and get promoted because X amount of mistakes, you become better and stronger. Uh, same with thing with walking, with bicycle riding. You don't just get on the bike and start riding a bicycle. Although I did hear some special kids that did that. It's incredible. That's awesome. Maybe you're one of those. Maybe the Lord has already warned you. Like you got the skills, um, so. But the reason I'm saying that is that you have. To, we have to understand that nothing just comes instantly. So first time you're gonna try to talk 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 to somebody about God about Jesus, uh, it will feel uncomfortable. But then the moment you do it once, twice, it gets better and easier. And not only that, what's so cool is it pushes you to do more digging into the Word of God. All of a sudden, you're like, wait a minute. I want to know where I stand, <laughs> you know? Because a lot of people are like, what if I get a question and an answer I don't know? Great. That's exactly the point of it. That's what forms a disciple. Amen? So it uh, doesn't take much to look at Jesus' disciples, right? Was he looking at religious scholars when he was selecting his disciples? No, there was tax collectors. There was a doctor, a fisherman. Um average folks, and was that? Flawed folks. Flawed folks, exactly. And the cool thing is through the scripture, you actually see them having issues, figuring out even, and if you think about it, they were with Jesus himself. Right. Like, if you were with Jesus yourself, wouldn't you be like automatically transformed instantly, right? So, that revelation came to me. I'm like, they were with Jesus. And they, if, as, you, as you read through the New Testament, and even when Jesus uh, goes back to heaven, like you see disciples having issues, trying to figure it out. They didn't have it all figured out. So this encouraged me. That means, wait a minute. That's good. Uh, that means I can go and do the same thing. Jesus wasn't waiting until like, all right, boys, I think you're now ready. He taught them all that I know, and he said, I've everything that I know from my father, I've made it known to you, right? He goes, he's like, You got the keys, now go. And they're like, Really? If you have a chance, uh, watch the chosen uh, of some of the latest episodes where Jesus sends them out. It's perfect. Because they were like, uh, I've mentioned that a few weeks back. The, he, he, Jesus is like, Yeah, yeah, you, you can go and now cast out demons. And then it shows even Judas, you know, like, like picking up Hannah and the person just like dropping and getting set free. And then And they're looking at their hands like, what's going on? (laughs) Well, it's because it's God. Uh, Because it's Jesus. He said, all the authority now, I'm giving it to you. Now go. Uh, And I wanted to point out a couple of very profound things about that that later um, uh, I will mention to it. I don't want to jump just a little bit too quickly here. But I want to point out three things. So obviously, one is commission. This was... uh, God told us, uh, Jesus told us to do it, right? Um, Jesus wants this, this uh, disciple-making to be the norm, not the exception. Um, and we will make disciples because Jesus said, so watch this, Matthew 28, 18, uh, verse 18 and 19. This is, this is pretty much the last speech in Jesus before he ascends. He says, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, therefore... Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And Jesus wasn't making a suggestion. He didn't ask for their opinion. You boys ready? You ready to go? Think you got it all figured out? You know, he just said, go and do it. So, you know, he spent three times looking at the, the chronological aspect. He spent three years with them. And a lot of us have been more than three years as believers. I think... <laughs> The Lord is prompting you today saying, this is the time, time to st- step forward into your calling. Amen. And, um, but so Jesus is like, okay, my mission is done. I've told you everything I needed to do. And then, um, now it's your turn. <laughs> Pretty much straight up. Everything I know from a father, made it known to you. Go. And so, he trusts us. I like to point out, he trusts us with this time that we're living in. Because we're born for time like this. Right? And I, that really is encouraging. That's just the Lord saying, you know, it doesn't take much. You can minister through your business, to your business partners, to your co workers. You can just, you know, step in and tell them, oh, somebody's bashing on their husband or, or their wife. And you, you tell them, oh, wow, well, let me tell you this. You get to step in and you get this opportunity to bless somebody to what God is prompting you. Amen. Point number two the strategy. Um, Jesus envisioned the church. Uh, Where pastors equip the people, (laughs) uh, leaders equip the people, and people do the ministry. And his strategy is best explained in Ephesians. uh, So Paul is explaining it. Check this out: Ephesians chapter four. So Christ, uh, chapter four, verse eleven and twelve. So Christ Himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers, verse to equip His people for works of service. So that the body of Christ may be built up. So the key thing to church growth is is that specifically is just for us to be able to go and step up and start talking about the love of God to anybody. If we do, I bet every one of us has one person in our circle of friends that you say, "Man, he would. I would love for them to come to know the Lord." Right. Right? And so, but challenge yourself. Say, what have I done so far? To be able to share that treasure that I have, something the family that I have, this the atmosphere that Lord has given me, what have I done about it? Right. So uh, God wants us to be proactive, and I believe this is the reason why. Like I said, it's more of a teaching and of what we need to do. So He give us uh, He He gave us you know the the key thing the commission. Now he, the strategy, He's like. We have people that teach, and then you go and you minister pretty much, right? Um, average church today, nowadays in America, um, you know, pastor preps a sermon. And I'm not saying because different churches do so many things. Um, they come and listen, but it stops there, right? For many churches, it seems to work, but um, especially if you have a good worship team. That's, that's huge. <laughs> they, carry the, they carry the church. Uh, but if we're only receiving and not giving, you know, we're kind of stopping the flow of God. We're missing out the key thing that Jesus says, go. Now you need to tell it. Now you need to share that with somebody. Amen. And I believe this is the season where God is moving us out of needers to feeders. From needers to feeders. Now it's like the Lord is like, no, you give them something to eat. It's time for you. And Jesus, when he did that, it wasn't just an analogy. Remember when they had a whole crowd and, and Jesus was like, you guys give him something to eat. Yes, Jesus still came through, you know, but he wanted to act, for them to act, saying it's time for you to feed. And this is also a symbolism of, uh, you know, spiritual aspect. It's time for us to feed the people around us, right? And so... Because we just like mind, mind, mind. Lord, feed me, feed me, feed me. God's like you're you're obese spiritually. <laughs> you have all these seeds, you know, that you've been sitting on these all these seeds, the, the word of God that you receive. But it's time to act on it. Amen. So, again, like I said, it's challenging. But Apostle Paul lays out this discipleship model that works very effectively. So pastors equip people do the ministry. Um, that way, everybody wins. And it's not weight on some people on their shoulders. It's everybody doing it together. And it's incredible that throughout this process, God will reveal you your giftings. All of a sudden, you're like you help somebody. And they're like, wow, you're so encouraging. And you didn't realize they have a words of encouragement and things like that. So this process that you're doing something uncomfortable, it will quickly reveal your own giftings. And also, um, teach, it will also make you so much more stronger in your faith. And it's incredible about that. And that's what I love about the discipleship, right? Um, Ephesians 4.16, he makes the whole body fit together perfectly. We are here. We're body together, right? As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. I want to read that again. Just let that soak in. He makes... The whole body fit together perfectly, like look how how, how he made us, right? Everything's so balanced. We got two eyes, for most of us, like you know, uh, hands, feet, just everything we have. We're just so blessed. And God's saying, same like that in church. There's so many parts, you know. All of us have different giftings, and God is like, you are very important. So it's time for you to start moving in it, and just start talking to people about. Jesus. We just think that ministry, a lot of times we have this misconception that anything when it comes to ministry, is it's here. <laughs> no, it's not. It's 98% of work is done there. That The small percent that we come together is that it's like a prep rally. It's like assembly for us to get strengthened and to not leave each other. Does that make sense? So we begin and we start telling others. And then next thing you know, they're like, man, I want to have what you have, right? <laughs> All of a sudden, and then they want to be where you are. All of a sudden, their circle of friends change. Or then they say, wow, I'm going to go tell other person about it. It's amazing that you can bring one person to the Lord. And that person can bring hundreds of people to Christ. And we will see that. We're already seeing so many amazing things. And I'm very excited for that. Number three, main point, the need. Okay, this is the last point. The final reason to make disciples is the need for it, right? It doesn't take much to look around. I've already mentioned people are confused, people are depressed, people are helpless. And it just, I'm amazed how lately you come up to anybody and ask, Hey, can I pray for you? Yes. <laughs> are you a believer? No. <laughs> what does believer mean? <laughs> I believe in things, <laughs> right? Because people are hungry. We keep getting prophetic word that's saying, people are ready, ready for harvest. It's time for us to throw in the nets, <laughs> right? You can go to Kenai fishing, dip netting, but if you ain't putting your, I like how Ross said we were dip netting <laughs> together with them, Ross and Celia. Uh, like, well, fish, you know, if, if I don't put in my, what did you say? If, a, if I don't put my nets in, I won't get fish. <laughs> so it's time for us to drop our nets, meaning it's time for us to, Put the uh, you know, wheels on our testimony, I like to say, right? <laughs> to get that, garage, that vehicle out of your garage. That vehicle is your, your testimony, right? Time to bring it to others around you, amen? Look at this Matthew chapter 9, verse 36 and 38. But when he saw the multitudes, I, lately I've been saying that a lot, uh, quoting this scripture. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion. For them. So the compassion moves you, right? It it will make you do something about it. Empathy is feeling bad for somebody. Empathy is like, oh man, I'm so sorry to hear that. Oh, that's empathy, okay? Compassion is do something about it. Bless somebody. Somebody did something, why don't you go, you know, pick up their kids and Let them go on a date with uh, the couple. You know, things like that. Anything. (laughs) Does that make sense? So compassion moves you. And the most important thing is Jesus is he looks at this crowd. And I love this. Again, I don't mean to bring it up. But again, uh, in the Chosen series where Jesus comes over the hill and he sees just like a field of people. And all of them are sick and so many limping and things like that. There's a reason Jesus saw that. So in chapter 9, Jesus is setting up disciples. He said, I can't do this on my own. Think about it, right? Jesus, so Jesus' heart is broken for the crowd. It says, you know, because they were, let me finish that. I get so excited. (laughs) Because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. And God is looking for shepherds. And all of us shepherds. God has called us to have a shepherd's heart. Then he said to his disciples, so he is now turning to them. He says, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send the laborers into his harvest, right? So Jesus' heart is broken um, because, you know, there's more help. We need more help, right? So you would think, son of God, you know, didn't they just hear about the, you know, just the, all the teaching about healing and whatever, what they needed to do? And then he still turns to his disciples and says, no, 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 it's time for you to act, right? Uh, and um, it, so w- that just explains that a preacher, you know, speaks truth to the crowd. While it's an important element, okay, while it's important to the element to the church body, especially preaching the truth, uh, it doesn't produce disciples. You see what I mean? So that means sermons are not enough. <laughs> so my preaching or any preaching that you hear from here that's just not enough, it's time for laborers to step up, okay? Yes, it's challenging message, but I, you have what it takes. I'm always encouraged by what I see in every person that I interact with. I was like, man, you have so much gifting, uh, you, you think you need some kind of special calling of some sort. God is like, I did. I really gave you a commandment. Go. <laughs> Just tell people what the Lord has done for you. That's all that he told that man who was a demon-possessed man. That guy goes and brings people from 10, you know, 10 different cities. And then the following chapter, we're reading, you know, that multitudes, over 5,000 people getting fed. So, you have what it takes. It's in you. Amen. Hallelujah. So, and we need laborers, right? Matthew chapter 10. So he sets them up. And then in chapter, that's in chapter 9, right? And now in chapter 10, the next verse, we read 10 1, Jesus called his 12 disciples because the answer is being answered. Uh, uh, the prayer is being answered. Jesus called his 12 disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out impure spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. So he sets up this picture, and I think God has given us a pretty good picture. All all the people around us, right? Your friends, your coworkers, and you have those list of people right now. As I'm mentioning it, you already know their names. You know, And the Holy Spirit right now is reminding you again. The reason he placed you in that environment. Mission field, we're thinking a lot of times we need to go somewhere in another country because, like, I have a mission field for you. You just need to serve the purpose in the season that you're in your life. That person next to you that knows that they need it, invite them over for lunch or, you know, buy them a coffee and tell them about the love of God and tell them that you're praying for them. Let them know that you're available if they ever need to talk to you. It's such a basic uh, thing to do. Just say, I'm available if you ever want to talk about anything. And you can even say, you know what? I don't have a lot of answers. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out my own life. But I know a place and I have amazing brothers and sisters in Christ, a place where we come together and we get encouraged and we get to move through this life with the Lord. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. I'm wrapping it up here. And, you're, and, you know, while I'm saying this, you're thinking, you know, oh, I don't feel qualified. <laughs> um, many Christians believe that they're not mature enough to help someone. And again, I've mentioned, disciples had issues just like you and I. But Jesus, that didn't stop him to sending them out, right? And so, I think God wants us to change our perspective on ourselves, right? You have the salvation. You have the Lord. That's the most important thing, right? And now, you have that treasure. And now, the Lord's like, now it's time for you to share it with someone. Amen? Let's stand to our feet. Hallelujah, huh?
0: What a good message. I want to read a scripture that I believe speaks to what Pastor Vic has been encouraging and exhorting us this morning. Um, In Ecclesiastes, the 11th chapter... Verse 3, it says, When clouds are heavy, the rains come down. Whether the tree falls north or south, it stays where it falls. And 4, farmers who wait for perfect weather never plant. If they watch every cloud, they never harvest. Just as you cannot understand the path of the wind or the mystery of a tiny baby growing in its mother's womb, so you cannot understand the activity of God... Who does all these things. So, you know, Pastor Vic's telling us this morning, God uses you. He doesn't use you once you've been through Dallas Theological Seminary. In fact, I have a good pastor friend who went through that. He said it only took him eight years to recover and be saved. That's not a bad thing, but you don't wait until then You take what God has given you today. The first message I ever preached was to a barnyard full of chickens. That's all I had. Other than a desire. And so then, out of that, I was asked, will you give the Bible study at a little home group? Man, I was so nervous. I had two scriptures, and I messed both of them up. But I was... Desirous to be pushed into my purpose. What a great pastor we have to encourage us!
1: Thank you, Pastor. <laughs> wow, appreciate it. Let me read the scripture, for, uh, Ephesians chapter four, fourteen. Because I, I pointed out that they matured, matured as they went. Right, the disciples got better, uh, and this is what Paul explains in chapter four. This is encouraging. Chapter 4, 14, uh, Ephesians. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like truth. Right? So that just says that as you go, you'll you'll grow. (laughs) Right? Disciple making comes first and maturity follows. Not the way around. Not the other way around okay you don't just start walking you 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 start crawling then you walk and then you fall but you get back up again and you walk so i want to pray if there's anybody right now and god wants to give you strength to overcome i'm sensing the holy spirit to to pray about this you've had a thing that an issue that you've possibly dealt with and you couldn't you just couldn't overcome god wants to give you strength and power to overcome right now he just says hey just let me in on it